up? Welcome to another week. It's Live Life Aggressive Podcast. Sincere Hogan and Mike Mahler. What's going on, uh, Blackjack dude? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Dude, I've had a nice run this week playing Blackjack, and I think yesterday was the potential tipping point. I went out last night for one more time, and I was had a $1,000 bankroll to start, was down 500 bucks in like 10 minutes. just didn't go my way. So I went to another casino, and managed to work my way back up to 1055. So I got my thousand back that I started with and had a $55 surplus, went to a oh. nice restaurant, followed it a night because I've had Colin. some, <laughs> no, I've had some $500 win nights, which is nothing. It's not high level by any means, but it's, it's enough that I feel the tension, which is what makes it fun. You know, it's not about winning or losing necessarily. It's about having fun when you do it. That said, it's much more fun when you're winning. Right? We'll talk about that more when we when we do our own episode later in the exactly. week. Exactly. Keep because this up, today, man. We, yeah. yeah, we'll keep this up. We'll start a blackjack podcast or something, man. But uh <laughs> <laughs> We're but, gonna uh, we're gonna get some blackjack experts on the show because I think people would find it really interesting whether you play cards or not. But today we've got something that we know you're gonna find interesting. We have Ben Greenfield, and you can check out his website, bengreenfieldfitness.com. It's an extremely informative website for everything performance enhancement. So you definitely want to check that out. Ben is very generous and gives a ton of free information, which is always a good sign of a credible guy. You know, you don't have to pay 20 bucks when you land on his website to get some good information. You may never buy a thing from him. And he's okay with that because he's got tons of information on there that you want to benefit from. But you should buy some stuff from him. So I don't know if he's okay with that. I shouldn't speak for you, Ben. I noticed the silence. Ben was like, mm, I don't know. Hey, if you, guys, if you guys got a lot of blackjack listeners, all that, all that money to burn, I mean, maybe I should start charging. <laughs> ben, uh, I heard about you from a mutual friend of ours, Dan Harrison, when I taught a course in Dubai back in 2012, and Dan and Marcus spoke very highly of you, said I had to get in touch with you, had to check out your material, because we both share a mutual interest in performance enhancement, nutrition supplementation, and you're definitely an expert in that arena, and you seem to have a very good grasp on what works for a lot of different kinds of athletes. So I really wanted to get into that today, such as what's your favorite stuff for marathon runners versus power athletes versus, let's say, a CrossFit competitor. Let's start with maybe a little bit about your background and, and how you got into this expertise. Mm, yeah, you know, I, I uh, have been in the world of sports and fitness for a while. I started off as a collegiate tennis player and then shifted into bodybuilding in my last year of college and um, got up to about 210 pounds around three to four percent body fat, kind of just one big uh, testosterone depleted chunk of muscle lying around the couch, lifting yeah. weights every now and again. And uh, uh, then I gradually made the shift into endurance sports after that and uh, spent uh, the past eight years racing Ironman triathlon and doing a lot of hardcore endurance events, uh, adventure races and cycling and triathlon, things of that nature. And um, now I'm actually uh, putting on some muscle and getting back into uh, kind of a hybrid of power and strength and endurance in the form of obstacle racing. So I'm doing a lot of, hmm. of Spartan events, still doing a smattering of like real short and tense, like sprint triathlons and stuff like that. But I've actually been kind of kind of going in the reverse direction of where I first went. So I, I cannibalized a bunch of muscle and turned myself right. into an endurance machine, mm -hmm. going from power and strength and bodybuilding and tennis into triathlon. And now I'm kind of 
packing on a little bit of muscle and kind of going for a more optimum combination of strength, power, speed, maintenance of a little bit of mobility, and then huh? enough enough endurance to be able to, you know, to run anywhere from 8 to 13 miles during a Spartan event and still be able to, you know, throw around sandbags and flip tires and, and do everything else you got to do during a race like that. Right. right. That's not interesting. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Yeah, here's a question. Now, to go from bodybuilding to to being an endurance athlete, to triathlete, and triathlons and things like that. Dude, what made you do that 180? I mean, that's a big, big <laughs> 180. I mean, one minute you're sitting there, you're posing, you're greased up and everything else, and the next thing you know, like, ah, I'm going to go run for about a good... Not that big of a change, you know. sincere, when you think about it. He just went from one Speedo sport to another. I mean, have you seen <laughs> this? Right. <laughs> I mean, he's like, man, I don't want to throw away these 100 Speedos I purchased over the years. You know? That's right, I'm man. I mean, those, uh, <laughs> those banana hammocks are expensive. <laughs> you know, honestly, it was chasing tail. Uh, my girlfriend at the time <laughs> ran for University of Idaho, and uh, yeah, we so, know there's no else in bodybuilding, but uh, that <laughs> makes sense. transition from that to after being after being in that world. Now it makes perfect sense that you want to go to the exact opposite where there's actually women involved. You know? Yeah, I actually got in trouble on my podcast uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. I described female bodybuilders as bulldogs in makeup and got some some nasty comments. I, I got a funnier joke that's even worse. We're gonna get some more more feedback i look at i look at if you're a straight guy and you decide you want to have sex with like a a very masculine looking female bodybuilder to me that's a gateway drug to homosexuality you're just one metabolic step away you know you're basically basically accepting something about yourself and you're like huh let me let me just try this because at least i can kind of pull back from this and still say i'm straight but no that's a gateway drug man (laughs) all right this week this week show notes (laughs) <laughs> okay, this week's show knows why bodybuilding, why I want to have sex with a bodybuilder is just like marijuana. <laughs> and then you go, there, why, why, if you're dating a bodybuilding woman, why that's a gateway drug? And be real clear, folks, I'm not saying anything derogatory about homosexuality. I'm making a joke within the context of the bodybuilding right. world. That, that or female bodybuilders. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't want female bodybuilders with baseball bats showing up on my doorstep. Because <laughs> um, I can't handle that. Yeah, we don't want you to end up on a fetish site wrestling a bodybuilder. Ben, that, that would just... Yeah. Yeah. I both have guns at the house, uh, so we're okay. I'm, I'm on the lookout. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, uh, my wife ran the 1500 for University of Idaho, and she ran cross-country, but she was my girlfriend at the time and so I, I was hanging out with a lot of folks who who you know they were they're running and um her her brother-in-law was a cyclist and he and I kind of hit it off and so um I remember going with them to the first triathlon that they did and I just thought it was weird like um you know my my girlfriend was like smearing Crisco all over her body so she could survive in the cold water and you know, people were wearing these fancy helmets and spandex and, you know, shoes and decked out in like thousands of dollars worth of gear. And I kind of thought it was an interesting sport. So I actually tried one. I, I registered for a sprint triathlon. I didn't do too badly. And, and I had a great time. And so the other thing that I thought was cool was that I was at the time pursuing a degree in exercise physiology. And I went on to get a master's degree in exercise physiology and biomechanics. But triathlon was a really cool place to um, to practice a lot of that stuff. Kind of like bodybuilding is a geek sport. So is triathlon. Like there's a lot of science involved. Um, and there's there's a lot of potential for application of things that you learn in exercise science and nutrition and biomechanics to that sport. So it was almost like an outlet for me to 
um, not only chase tail, but also to <laughs> kind of like practice some of the stuff I was learning. So I eventually uh, became president of the triathlon club there at, at University of Idaho and just kind of turned into a little bit of an endurance nerd and cannibalized a lot of lean tissue as well. I remember my first triathlon, my boobs hurt like crazy from bouncing up and down by the end of just you know <laughs> 5K of running in my my lower back was completely racked. That's not something you hear from a guy too much, right? Like my, my boobs are hurting from all that bouncing up and down. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a good, I had a good chest. Like I, I usually got pretty, pretty high marks in my chest, but it came back to bite me. Um, those, those pecs. Um, yeah, it came back and slept. I think, I, you know, old, old joking aside, I think that one of the most non-functional things you can do is build a very massive chest, right? For the very reasons you just mentioned. You can build a strong. You can. I mean, you can get strong in that horizontal pressing motion without overly developing the pecs. You're really yep. better off having bigger shoulders, bigger triceps, bigger lats. You're going to generate more power from there. Then people tend to focus on the pecs too much. I and mean, when we get that all the time in the kettlebell training world, from people going, "Oh, what do you do for pecs?" I go, "I, I with <laughs> kettlebells. I only the only pressing I do with kettlebells are overhead. I'm not going to lie down and do it because it's too light." And yeah. then I'll do, you know, four presses and things like that, but not with the intent of trying to build up my pecs. I use four press and bench press as a supplement to improve my overhead press. So I think, yeah. I think a lot of times people don't realize where real power generation comes from. Yeah, especially when you're spending time in that, in that posterior shoulder tightening right. up position right. you know, on exactly. a computer all day. So, yep. yeah, yep. I mean, that's, that's that, that classic kind of, kind of slight hunchback of Notre Dame look that a lot of, a lot of dudes walking around the gym have. Um, you know, when someone bench presses too much, it doesn't do, do enough pulling motion. And that's always the case with someone who bench presses too much. They never do a, a commensurate amount of, or, or, or an equivalent amount rather of pulling motions, bent over rows, et cetera. Yeah. Like I had say, so many shoulder problems. Posture. Yeah, exactly. Like when I first got yeah. into swimming, I had so many shoulder problems. And I even, I had shoulder problems. Like, honestly, I was an idiot. Like, it took a good four or five years for the light bulb to turn on for me and for me to realize that I, I needed a great deal of shoulder and scapular stabilization. And that was the point where I started right. to do things like, you know, install a pull-up bar in the door of my office. And, you know, I have yeah. a rule when I go to the gym. It, it may sound like a dumb rule, but I try and do twice as much pulling as I do pushing when I'm at the gym. Right. And that's, that's just a, a simple rule, rule I follow. And, it, you know, knock on wood, um, no shoulder issues anymore. You know, and, and I still play tennis three times a week as well and shoot nothing. So between tennis and swimming and everything else, um, I'm able to avoid a lot of those rotator cuff and shoulder issues from pulling quite frequently. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I, uh, I cannibalized all that lean muscle, um, got into endurance training and, you know, most of that cannibalization was accomplished via, um, long workouts in a relatively fasted state, a lot of aerobic training, which, which is relatively catabolic anyways, um, you know, and, and what I tell people now is if they want to maintain muscle and, you know, especially a lot of women not get like almost like a skinny fat look, um, right. you know, you almost don't want to take that approach. I was, I was fortunate enough to have enough muscle going in that I didn't really get skinny fat as much as I just cannibalized some lean tissue and, and got down to a, to a, a weight that I could race very competitively at. But, you know, now I tell people, you know, top off your blood levels of amino acids before you go out there and, 
you know, even consider using like like some triglycerides uh, that are going to get get uh, metabolized very very easily. Spare some muscle glycogen so that you don't waste muscle quite as much. So um, medium chain, you know. medium chain triglycerides, for example, medium MCT yeah. supplementation. Yeah, M- MCT supplementation exactly, or you yeah. know, even like a caprylic acid works pretty well. You know, coconut mm-hmm. oil in a pinch, that kind of stuff. Um, right. but basically, that combined with like a good. Um, a lot, a lot of folks hear amino acids, like it, who want to go out and do endurance without losing muscle. So they use branch right. chain amino acids like leucine and isoleucine and valine. And would those this are be during. Would this be during a race or right before and after? This, or this, all of it. This would be before and during endurance efforts that you're doing, for which you may not want to. Uh, say like uh, cannibalize muscle or okay. you know get get premature uh, like like central nervous system fatigue that type of thing. The fact is though, like even though branch chain amino acids offer you a pretty decent source of energy, like they can actually enter the Krebs cycle at various points and allow uh-huh. you to create ATP at a, at a relatively higher rate than you would have been able to do if you hadn't been using branch chain amino acids. They mm-hmm. don't do much to stave off muscle cannibalization during endurance exercise. I'm a bigger fan of essential amino acids so getting in like like um you know tryptophan methionine um phenylalanine some of these other amino acids that actually allow you to tap less into your own lean tissue especially as you're getting into efforts that exceed like two three hours plus so uh, a full blend of amino acids such as there's muscle synergy dr eric serrano's formula there's one called humana pro which i used actually that's a full spectrum amino acid essential amino acid formula i think you recommend map too right for that yeah i I, I like map um usually they're marketed as like whole amino acids or essential amino acids so i like map which is which stands for master amino pattern i like um uh, Thorn is another company that makes a decent powdered one. Um, mm-hmm. Living Fuel down in Florida, they've got a decent one. So there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. But um, right. yeah, getting getting those into your body rather than just the branch chain amino acids does a pretty good job. And you you can do something like what I what I do now because I I don't want to lose any more muscle and I'm still doing like some endurance efforts is. For anything I need engineered fuel for, like something where I got to go out and I just have a water bottle or a flask and I can't eat real food, what right. I do is I just use a blender and like I I take the amino acids and I blend those up with some MCT oil. I throw in a little bit of starch. Um, right now I use a slow release starch that that allows me to uh, to stay in a state of fatty acid oxidation. So I use one called Super Starch, which uh-huh. is a really high molecular weight carbohydrate that gets released very, very slowly into the bloodstream. And I put all that in a blender and just blend it up. And th- there are a few other things I throw in there too. I'm kind of a nerd. Like I put in D-ribose as a, as a sugar, which uh, actually helps the heart and the cardiovascular tissue out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I put a little bit of disodium ATP in um, just to allow for more rapid ATP replenishment and utilization. Um, I even put some what, what's called oxaloacetate in there. And oxaloacetate upregulates your Cori cycle, which is the cycle that allows you to take pyruvic acid that builds up during exercise and shuttle right. it back up into the liver to get reconverted into glucose. So one of the, one of the rate limiting steps for that is, is well, what, what have you been what's been your experience with pyruvic acid? Remember when that was really popular a while back? It never really panned out though. So I'm curious if you know why it never panned out or why that didn't work as a performance enhancer because I remember everyone was excited about that. It, it seemed like it was going to be pretty promising. 
Yeah, you know, I never used pyruvic acid per se much. I mean, one of the things that that was marketed for a while was like these sport legs type of supplements, for, you know, in the, right. in the endurance sector, uh, essentially to uh, upregulate lactate production prior to your effort, like you'd, you'd load with them. And then right. the, the theory was you would enhance the activity of lactic acid buffering enzymes going in. Um you know, I, I use that stuff in a couple of triathlons, and I know it's a little bit of a difference in terms of muscle burn. I like you asked me why I didn't take off. I have no clue. You know, if it was, if it was marketing <laughs> well, or if it was well, my, well, my theory is it just didn't work because when it, when a supplement works, it's going to take off. Everybody finds out about it. I mean, it becomes a feeding frenzy. Like when creatine for, for, first came on the scene in around 1994 or so, I started taking it and. This is before EAS even started marketing it heavily. There were just a few small supplement companies that were using it, and and it started spreading like wildfire because we're like everyone's like, wow, we finally took something that worked, you know? Because I grew up in the generation of stuff like hot stuff and cybergenics, all right? So, I mean, none of us had ever taken a supplement that actually worked before. Then all of a sudden, we're taking creatine, and especially me as a vegetarian where I'm depleted in it, it was, it was ridiculous. Like, every workout for, like, four months on end, I was getting stronger. I mean, it was, it was you really yeah. felt like you're like, wow, I really hit the gold mine here. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I'm not sure about pyruvate, but I, but I do know that, that oxaloacetate uh, comes in pretty handy, and it, that's one that tends to fly under the radar that a lot of – a lot of folks who are doing like um, higher intensity intervals or generating a lot of lactic acid can benefit from, especially if they are restricting carbohydrates, which I personally do. Um, so having that added ability to to basically create endogenous glucose is is kind of a nice little hack. Right. Why do you restrict carbohydrates? Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask that because you know so yeah. much when it comes to endurance sports, everybody's like you got to carb up, carb up, yeah. carb up, yeah, yeah, exactly. and yeah. Uh, well, carbing up works. I mean, well, I shouldn't say carbing up works. Like traditional carbohydrate loading has, actually hasn't been shown to bestow a performance advantage. But I mean, having adequate levels of muscle glycogen and consuming carbohydrates at anywhere from 200 to 500 calories per hour has been shown to to give benefits to athletes who are eating a traditional diet, uh, who are starting a workout in, in an overnight fasted state, that type of thing. But what I always ask myself, and and this is just the lens through which I see the world, is whether there is a way that you could achieve similar levels of performance without the potential for deleterious health effects. Right. So what I mean by that is that, for example, carbohydrate utilization can create things like advanced glycation end products or mm-hmm. reactive oxygen species. And both of those can cause damage to connective tissue. They can e- even contribute to like neurofibrillary tangles in the brain, which can contribute to early onset Alzheimer's. Um, when taken apart from exercise, which a lot of you know endurance athletes especially are doing, they can also create things like insulin sensitivity, um, long periods of time with glucose in the bloodstream, which allows glucose to adhere to cholesterol particles and make right. cholesterol particles unable to be processed by the liver. So they wind right. up doing things like creating plaque, you know, and so that's, that can be harmful from a cardiovascular health standpoint. And then, um, you know, there are other issues in terms of blood sugar fluctuations, uh, nerve inflammation with high levels of blood glucose. Um, and the other, the other thing to think about is the fact that when you oxidize fatty acids, in many cases, one byproduct of that is the formation of ketones and ketones are a preferential fuel for like the diaphragm and the heart tissue. Um, and, and so for aerobic endurance athletes, 
that's a nice little thing to have on board as well. So there's multiple reasons that I yeah. am careful with my own carbohydrate consumption. I also just think from like, I've done genetic testing on myself and I see that I come from a Northern European population. I know the macronutrient ratio of like my ancestors and, and what I'm personally built for from like a salivary amylase, um, pancreatic production, uh, an enzyme production standpoint is closer to like a 50 to 60% fat Right. Uh, anywhere from a 10 to 20% carbohydrate, 20 to 30% protein based diet. Hmm. And that works, that works really well for me just from, just from almost like an ancestral standpoint. So, yeah. you know, these, these are some of the, some of the reasons that I talk about restricting carbohydrate and just about health in general. Um, I, I just wrote a, a book. It's, it's about a 540 page manual on, a on training and kind of everything I've learned in the years spent in the trenches experimenting with this stuff. It's, it's called beyond training. It's over at, um, beyond training com. but I get into this and, and like the whole thing comes down to like, yeah, you could, you could perform just as well with carbohydrates, but, um, if you're concerned about your health and you could perform just as well by restricting them to a certain extent, why not do it? Right. 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 That makes sense. Makes total sense. Now, let's get into your favorite supplements for different categories. So, for example, since we're on the topic of marathons and triathlons and things like, things of that nature, how about your five favorite nutrition supplements? Yeah, for, for endurance athletes, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and I'm not going to talk about, like, vegan or vegetarian endurance athletes because there's a whole different sure. kind of range of things that I recommend for those folks. Um, right. I've already talked about a couple of things that I recommend um, as supplements for endurance athletes. I like MCT oil um, just because triglycerides uh, burn really well. Uh, They bypass a lot of digestion. They don't cause you to burp up quite as much as having like, um, you know, like a, like a piece of grass fed beef or wild caught fish before your workout metabolize very well, tend to form ketones pretty readily. So I'm a big fan of those. Um, I'm also a fan of that oxaloacetate that I talked about earlier for endurance athletes, and I'm a fan of using a high molecular weight starch during exercise, like a super starch. Um, the other things for endurance athletes, um, and for endurance in particular, would be mitochondrial support. So um, one, of the, one of the key things that's going to help you shuttle fuel through your mitochondria and drive fuel into your mitochondria is carnitine. So I like carnitine as a component for endurance athletes. And then is there a had, particular metabolite of carnitine or a derivative uh, such as well, acetylcarnitine or acetyl L carnitine is right. what I recommend. And cool. then um, the the last thing I would say if I had to choose a fifth would be um, a, another form of mitochondrial support that uh, that endurance athletes tend to benefit quite a bit from, and that would be uh, uh, coenzyme Q10. Right. Hmm. Okay, very interesting. What about bodybuilding, since you come from that world as well? What are five, five, your five favorite supplements for someone who's trying to pack on as much size as possible? Yeah, for, for the size component, you know, if we're not talking about the, uh, the, the leaning phase or, or fat loss in particular, um, right. creatine, no doubt. Huge fan of creatine. Um, you know, most of the, of the evidence on creatine, you know, you're looking at, at usually right around five grams a day. Right. Um, big fan of that just because of, of its proven benefits for, for strength enhancement. Um, carnitine, I already mentioned, I mean, I, I really am a fan of that for, 
for strength and it, it can have a similar effect in strength athletes as it does in endurance athletes in terms of there a dosing uh, recommendation for acetylcarnitine. Yeah. I like about one to two grams a day. Um, mm, okay. and that's split into two doses. So like for a strength athlete, for a larger athlete, about one gram morning, one gram evening. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, what else for strength? Beta alanine, uh, is not bad. Oh, yeah. So beta alanine is basically kind of a modified version of your amino acid alanine. Um, right. It's going to get converted into carnosine, which is a really good acid buffer for, for strength training. I'm a huge fan of beta alanine, um, anywhere from about two to four grams of that. And that would be before exercise. So you take that like 30, 60 minutes before exercise. Right. So um, another one that can help not necessarily with uh, lactate buffering uh, or, or with acid buffering, but more with ammonia detoxification, which is another pretty significant byproduct from muscle metabolism is right. citrulline. Oh yeah. And you can, yeah. you can stack citrulline with beta alanine. That's a nice yeah. stack. Um, usually right around six to eight grams of citrulline. Take that at the same time as you take beta alanine about 30 to 60 minutes before. Um, that that's yeah, citrulline is pretty cool stuff. It gives you a nice pump before you work, when yeah. you work out as well. You take about four, like you said, four to six grams, or you said six to eight. So I'd, I'd take around five grams, maybe <clears throat> about an hour before I train. You should, the beta you should try, especially for, for enhancing recovery. Like, like it can really increase rate of replenishment of ATP post-workout. You should okay. experiment with, with slightly higher levels. Just see how you feel during the, okay. like, the next day's workout. But if you try yeah, about six to eight grams, um, cool. That's all at one time, all at one time, Ben, or would you split split that? You you could take it all at once about 30 to 60 minutes before. And then, um, the last thing I kind of already mentioned this already, but a huge, huge fan of any type of strength training done with, with very high blood levels of amino acids. So five to 10 grams of essential amino acids, they, they take about 20 to 25 minutes to hit your system. Um, so you, you technically could take them at the same time as like citrulline and beta alanine. And you would want to redose about every 60 minutes or so during exercise for the best effect. So, you know, if you're hitting the gym for a couple hours, you'd, you'd want to take another dose with you. Um, right. But those would be some of the biggies for, like, strength, mass, bodybuilding for, for like, a mass gain phase. What about fat yeah. loss? Oh, yeah. sorry, Sincere. Do you have a question? No, I was actually, well, I don't want to mix it up because I was going to say, what about, a, like, more combative sport athletes? But let's go to the fat loss first so we don't, you know, lose the people who are not competitive athletes that listen to our <laughs> show. We'll go to that. So they're like, well, you guys are talking about stuff I'm not interested in. So yeah, right. let's go for fat. Well, everybody yeah, every, every, woman, every woman who's listening to this episode is like, yeah. what are they going to talk about fat loss? What are they going to talk yeah. about that? Yeah, because we, exactly. we, we have them at Speedos, and they're still waiting. They're like, okay, well, where's just <laughs> Ben in his Speedos, though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Speedos in the yeah. bodybuilding gateway drug. That's, that's I've got, I've got one uh, at Ben Greenfield Fitness. There's a there's a picture of me hauling ass down a down the highway in Hawaii in my speedo <laughs> on a bicycle. So there you go. <laughs> there you, go. Um, <laughs> you know, fat loss is so tough because it's so multifactorial, right? It's like, do you right. have a do you have a candida yeast fungus infection that's causing appetite cravings? Right. It's causing you right. to gain weight. You know, do you have an issue with insulin sensitivity? Um, is it a thyroid issue? You know, so. You know, fat loss is kind of tough, but there's a few things that I've found to work pretty well with most folks. Um, one would be making sure that you, if, you're, if you are going to use a supplement, um, prioritizing stuff that's going to stabilize blood glucose after carbohydrate-containing meals. Because um, let's face it, just about everybody on the face of the planet every now and again is going to dip into something like dark chocolate or red wine or ice cream or, or something. So that can come in handy. Um, I'm a fan of bitter melon extract. 
Um, and the reason for that is that it, it stabilizes blood glucose. Um, it, it acts very, very similarly, similarly to uh, metformin, the diabetic drug metformin, right. without some of the side effects. The, the, the thing with something like bitter melon extract, though, is it can, it can cause such a hypoglycemic response that it's not something you would take before a workout. But it's something that you would take, for example, let's say you work out in the morning, so you're not super active in the evening. Uh, but you have carbs with dinner or even, you know, like a, a large amount of protein with dinner and you want to control the glycemic response to that. That's where you take something like a bitter meal and extract about 30 minutes prior to that meal. And right. um, I like that uh, as, a, as a similar kind of like cheap, cheap person's alternative to that apple cider vinegar, like a, a gluten free, raw, unpasteurized apple cider vinegar, like yeah. the Bragg's apple right. cider yeah, vinegar. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. 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 That, that can have a, yeah, that can have a similar effect. Um, you'd want to be careful with that if you have like ulcers, heartburn, stuff like that. But apple cider vinegar can work pretty well. Um, what else? For fat loss, uh, magnesium, a lot of times, uh, so I do tests on a lot of my athletes and my clients. Um, mm -hmm. One of the tests I'll do is a red blood cell magnesium evaluation. Most folks tend to be deficient in magnesium, and that can lead to metabolic issues that inhibit fat loss because magnesium is responsible for over like 300 different enzymatic reactions. Right. So getting on like a good, I'll usually use magnesium citrate just because it helps with sleep as well. Um, so usually about 400 to 500 milligrams of magnesium citrate before bed at night. Um, that's another one that can help both with fat loss and with sleep. So, uh, I like that. Um, I'm not a fan of any of the, like the high caffeine metabolism boosting type of fat loss supplements. Um, what are a couple other ones that I use? I, I think I've thrown three out there so far. So I'd say another Another one that would fall along the lines of apple cider vinegar as being more of like a natural supplement would be cinnamon. Yeah. Um, and I personally shoot for the equivalent of about two teaspoons of cinnamon a day. My wife gets kind of pissed because it seems like every week I'm like, we need more cinnamon, honey. Um, but I, I like What about things that affect brain chemistry? So, for example, at dopamine and and serotonin, because oftentimes people have these just deficient neurotransmitter balance where they're craving sugar and salt as a result of that. Or, they're just have, or, or they just have a poor mood. You have very depleted dopamine, low serotonin, or an imbalance, so they're kind of in this mild depressed state all the time. And we all know what happens when people are in that state. They self-medicate, right, and they yeah. just have strong cravings. Yeah, um, so one of, the, one of the important things to understand, <clears throat> anytime you start using any of these supplements that – mess with your neurotransmitter levels, you do need to be careful because um, you can create things like uh, like uh, neurotransmitter imbalances, serotonin right. excessive deficiencies. Right. So I, I am a fan of like going to say like direct labs, for example, if you live in the U.S. and ordering uh, like a neuroendocrine panel. And that, that's, a, that's a urinary test, and that will allow mm. you to evaluate your actual levels of things like serotonin, GABA, mm. dopamine, cool. things of that nature, so that you can actually um, see where your deficiencies or excesses lie. Um, for most folks, typically you do see um, serotonin excesses, dopamine deficiencies, um, usually GABA deficiencies, and 
um, excesses of, of catecholamines and, and stimulating neurotransmitters. And one of the things that can help out with that, again, like I'm careful throwing this out there just because blind supplementation of neurotransmitter precursors without testing can be a little bit iffy, but tyrosine and 5-HTP helps mm-hmm. out a lot of people. You just got to use it in the right ratio. So right. you want about a a, a 10 to one ratio of tyrosine to five HTP. Mm, and yeah. that'd be about 3000 milligrams per day of tyrosine and about 300 per day of five HTP. Right. And you split that into three daily doses. Um, okay. you can, you can get tyrosine and five HTP from something like now foods. Um, there's actually a supplement out there that I really like that mixes this stuff in a really good blend. And that one's called Travacore. That's, that's oh. a little bit spendier supplement, but it's an over-the-counter. Uh, you can even find it on Amazon. There's, there's a few supplements out there, like nutraceuticals designed for neurotransmitter stabilization to control appetite cravings, carbohydrate cravings, and even to help with things like insomnia. And Travacore is one of the better ones that I've found. So, um, so there's that. And then the last thing I'd recommend, um, if I had to recommend a fifth for fat loss, we talked about candida, yeast, fungus. A lot of times you see resistance to weight loss and appetite cravings creeping up with something like that. There's a lot of different things that will respond to that. Um, And you can actually get what's called a GI effects panel. Um, Usually you'd you'd want to get like one of their more comprehensive ones. Um, Genova makes a really good panel called the GI effects panel. It's a three-day stool test. And one of the things you can find out with that test is which therapies you are resistant to and which ones you are sensitive to in terms of what the bacteria in your gut are going to respond to if you need to eradicate candida, yeast, fungus, stuff like that. The one thing that most people, when I test, I find are sensitive to is oregano. And mm-hmm. oregano is a, is a really potent antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral. Right. You, mm-hmm. you can use it like when you're traveling just to keep yourself oh, yeah. from getting sick. Oh, yeah, use it all the time for that, yeah. But if you want to use it as more of a therapeutic protocol for candida, yeast, fungus, you've got to jack up your dosage, usually about 15 to 20 drops around three times a day, um, which is a lot of oregano. But if you do that for about 30 days, you can usually knock out most candida, yeast, fungus type of issues and kind of hit the reboot button on your bacteria. And then right. the only other thing you want to be careful that you do is make sure that you restore good gut flora by getting on like a good therapeutic grade probiotic like look mm-hmm. for something that has 10 billion plus for right. its uh, probiotic content and and finally not to nerd out too much on this stuff understand that if you have had like candida yeast fungus stuff like that there is one particular probiotic strain that most probiotic supplements do not have and that's one that you typically have to purchase on its own by itself and add in for about 30 days. And that one's called Saccharomyces boulardii or S. Mm. boulardii. And uh, you can get that from like, uh, I think Designs for Health makes one. Um, Gero Formulas makes one. But a lot of folks um, who have had, especially women who have had like candida, yeast, fungus, stuff like that, that Saccharomyces boulardii has to be added in to just about any probiotic protocol. Okay. Now, now right. let me ask you this, Ben. Now, you mentioned Genova Labs, and I know I've used them to do a 24-hour urine test. Now, with, with the testing that you mentioned, are, is the everyday person able to just order those tests on their own, or do they have to go to a doctor or a naturopath to have that done? 
you could order them on your own. You could you could go to Direct Labs. Um, I've got a couple recommendations for panels over at on my website at at, okay. at Ben Greenfield Fitness. Um, I recently, actually, a couple weeks ago on my website, I I did a video screenshot walkthrough of how to do your own gut testing and how to interpret the results. So. Mm-hmm. Usually look in like you can submit it to insurance definitely and they'll usually yeah. pick up some of the costs, but usually you're looking at out of pocket costs of anywhere from hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars, depending yeah. on the on the strength of the panel that you get. Yeah, like for mine, yeah, the insurance pretty much picked up most of it. I ended up paying about about hundred and fifty four dollars on it for that for that panel. It's about a two thousand dollar test though. So I was right, happy yeah. to pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Blue Cross. And folks, just to clarify on the three-day stool test, that's not three days worth of stool, okay? (laughs) One little sample each day. In my case, case, I'd be paying extra shipping costs. (laughs) I would hate to be the guy who works in that lab and allows people stool all day long. Like, hmm, what do we have here? Somebody somebody at FedEx would throw out their back carrying that bag. (laughs) Now, let's talk about hormone optimization a little bit, because I know you know quite a bit about that, too. So just optimizing testosterone, balancing estrogen, increasing growth hormone. That one in particular, I'd be curious to see what you have to say, if there's any supplements in particular that you have found to be effective for enhancing growth hormone production. But just that whole arena, I think, would be an interesting topic to finish off the episode. Yeah, testosterone, absolutely. Um, so testosterone, there's there's a few things that I like. Um one of the one of the things you got to bear in mind with a lot of these herbal testosterone support formulas is that a lot of times they can they can create more issues than they solve because some of that some of the extra testosterone can get what's called aromatized or or turn into estrogen like byproducts that give you things like you know man boobs or make you cry too much at a sad movie. Make you um, wear speedos and post it on your website, for example. Make you wear speedos and coconut bras <laughs> and put them on your website. So um, <laughs> if, if you are trying uh, herbal methods, you know, tribulus, uh, nettle, fenugreek, stuff like that to boost testosterone. Make have, sure have you that, seen any research on tribulus? Because every research article I've seen on tribulus has shown that there's, there's no hormonal effect whatsoever on testosterone DHEA at all. I don't know if I don't I don't know if there's a hormonal effect. For me it's more of a bedroom effect like I I basically Right. That's yeah. why people think it works though, is because yeah. it increases your libido and people are assuming yeah. it's from a testosterone increase, but it's never been shown, it's never been validated to be a t- testosterone booster. So it must yeah. work another way. Yeah, Maybe but remember when you have more yeah. sex that does increase testosterone. <laughs> That's true. So, so indirectly it, it will help. Yeah, but it's so, me, I, I'm wondering what the mechanism is behind that libido increase, though, because it, it hasn't been it hasn't panned out to be testosterone. Yeah, it, I, it may be something as simple as like you know, maybe there's a little bit of endothelial nitric oxide synthase right. regulation, yeah, something of that like that. You know, that could help because the kidneys and the adrenals, if those are taxed, yeah. you know, that can have a negative impact on your sex drive yeah. and function. So it could be something yeah. around. Yeah. yeah, and I'll, I'll get into that in just a second because that's the second thing I really recommend for folks is adaptogens, like a, um, adaptogenic <laughs> herbs for stabilizing, uh, oh, yeah. specifically by decreasing cortisol. Um, right. But anyways, any of these herbal testosterone support formulas, make sure that you're using a good aromatase inhibitor or that it has one in there, like a like a chrysin. Um, another good one is myelmin, but something mm-hmm. that's going to keep uh, testosterone from getting aromatized. Right. Um, 
uh, deaspartic acid is, is another one, for example. Um, the next thing that I'd recommend would be adaptogenic herbs. Um, that's one that I swear by for athletes who are training a lot, especially athletes who are training uh, parasympathetically and doing a lot of endurance, aerobic-based training. Um, I use an adaptogenic herb complex called TNG, which is just like a packet of really dense herbs um, that are, you know, things like eleuthero and rhodiola, and right. um, it's even got some some natural brain nootropics like club moss extract and um, things what do you like think that. Of, what do you think of ashwagandha? I'm a big fan of ashwagandha as yeah. well, and it's it's got that in there. Um, oh, cool. But it's it's a pretty potent blend. It's kind of like a shotgun formula. So right. that would be number two for testosterone. Um, if if you don't eat shellfish. Um, or zinc-containing foods regularly, um, zinc can be useful as well, sure. um, as can selenium. So I, I do Brazil nuts every day. I do about three to four Brazil nuts, and I get those in the shell, and I keep them in the freezer. Well, that's a, the mistake a lot of folks make is they get a lot of aflatoxin and other molds by dipping into the bulk Brazil nuts at the grocery store, hearing they're good for yeah. testosterone. Uh, you got to get them in the shell. You shell them individually when it's time to eat them, and you keep them in the freezer. So that's really important if you're doing yeah. Brazil nuts. Um, and then vitamin D, just because so much uh, happens with that pregnenolone steel in terms of your uh, vitamin D testosterone precursors getting shuttled into cortisol formation. I'm a fan of about anywhere from 2,000 up to 5,000 international units of vitamin D um, along with good sunlight exposure. And the only thing you got to realize is that there is a lot of potential for toxicity and arterial calcification with excessive vitamin D use in the absence of the things that balance out vitamin D, specifically right. vitamin A and vitamin K. So I personally overcome a lot of those issues by uh, eating a lot of grass-fed butter. I do organ meats about once a week, either liver or sweetbreads. Um, and then I also do uh, natto and probiotics, which help give me the bacteria that produce uh, vitamin K in my stomach. But unopposed vitamin D can be an issue. Um, and so that's really important. I'm, I'm trying to develop like a sublingual right now uh, for some of the athletes I work with that's basically vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K, and then some mixed tocopherols. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's kind of like a, something that's, that's an unmet need in terms of the supplement market as far as like having a vitamin D source that's mixed in right. the right ratio with the stuff that balances out vitamin D. Yeah. But um, yeah, for testosterone, I would say um, if you do use an herbal blend, use an aromatase inhibitor, get zinc if you're not eating shellfish regularly, use Brazil nuts, um, use vitamin D, and then um, adaptogenic herbs. Right. Now, ben, what, uh, I know you mentioned that you eat organ meat once a week or grass-fed butter. What suggestions do you have for vegans and vegetarians who may be listening to the show as well, who won't consume those things? Yeah, there's, um, who makes a, there's a company that makes a vegan form of vitamin D3. Um, yeah, there's Doctors, like doctors Best makes one, and Country Life yeah. makes one. So those, yeah, those are both vegan right. forms. So, I, I follow vegan yeah. diets, so I use those. I use the Country Life okay. vegan D3. Okay. I take about 5,000 I use per day. I wasn't aware of what of the of the vitamin of the need for vitamin K and A in balance. So that's very that's very informative and something I'll definitely modify. Yeah, that that's definitely important. Um, a few other things as, as far as as uh, vegans go, like I'm a big fan of getting adequate creatine, um, right. and and that'd be a must for for a lot of vegans. Um, B12 would be another one that you'd yeah. want to include. Um, 
What are a few others? Uh, carnitine, which you already talked about, like acetyl-L-carnitine tends to be more deficient in vegans and vegetarians than in, than in meat-eating athletes, so that one will help out a little bit. That's more of a performance than a hormonal stabilization type of issue. Huh? Um, and then as far as, as another important thing uh, for, for vegans and vegetarians, that would be uh, your fatty acid needs. And so I'm right. a big fan of, of spirulina for getting some of those. Um, you know, more than I am like flax seeds and, and things of that nature, just because spirulina gives you a little bit more bioavailable source of some of those fatty acids. Um, I got to admit that it's, it's relatively, it's relatively rare that I'll do blood testing on a vegan or vegetarian endurance athlete and not to even greater decreases in free and total testosterone than I do in, in omnivorous athletes. And, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those uphill battles that you got to fight when you're draining your body that intensively from a hormonal standpoint and, right. and getting dietary sources that, that tend to be tough to re- replenish some of those hormones with, you know, and I have um, to imagine that style of training depletes you hormonally across the board though. Right. I mean, because it is pretty excessive. If you're doing hours and oh, hours yeah. of activity, like, it's, like it's going to be pretty depleting. Like I have to take a desiccated thyroid gland extract. I use a desiccated thyroid gland from, from New Zealand uh, cows, like a, like a A2 cow, which right. is a more bioavailable and, and immune system friendly form of uh, protein, but I use this stuff called Thyro Gold when I'm doing like a like a low carbohydrate diet combined with intensive Ironman training because your thyroid takes such a hit. So I mean, like a lot of this stuff is unnatural, and you almost have to engage in in better living through science to be able to string yourself right. through it. Right. Exactly. What about, uh, are you familiar with like Sincere's question, so we don't forget about that, about MMA performance? Is that something you've researched at all, supplementation for people that do combative sports? Um, well, one of the things that I would say would be most important would be anything that's going to train your nervous system for that, um, for building power as quickly as possible or um, basically supporting nervous system health for everything from like reaction time to attentiveness to eyesight to things of that nature. So, um, as far as that goes, like, like some of the things that can help out, um, one would be, uh, something that's a precursor to, uh, your neurotransmitter adrenaline and that's L-tyrosine. Um, L-tyrosine anywhere from about one to two grams, about 30 to 60 minutes before competition or before a tough workout. That's a good one. Um, another popular one among like biohackers as far as smart drugs go is choline. Right. So, um, choline is something that's in that Chinese adaptogenic herb complex I mentioned. It's got cytocholine in there, so that'd be one option. But choline, you're looking at about 250 to 500 milligrams. Um, if you want a really, really potent source of it, you go to a neurotropics website and you get like alpha GPC, um, which is used as a smart drug, but is also just really potent for the nervous system. Right. Um, and, uh, and that you could also take, you wouldn't want to get quite as high as 500 with that. Uh, I'd, I'd be close to 250 milligrams with like an alpha GPC. So that'd be another one. Um, green tea extract. Uh, that stuff's pretty good. You'd have to drink a lot of green tea to get the equivalent of the amount of EGCG, um, which is the active component that's going to help out your nervous system in green tea extract. But if you can get a green tea extract, uh, which is, which is going to be labeled like EGCG and you can get around 500 milligrams of that equivalent per day. Um, that can be helpful for your nervous system. And then I'd also just make sure that you're on a really good vitamin B complex because vitamin B is super important for, for, uh, power development and nervous system function. So just like a full spectrum, uh, vitamin B complex, those are some of the things that I would go after. Um, 
the one obvious one for nervous system health that I didn't really mention would just be like fish oil, like a really good uh, triglyceride-based fish oil. So, okay. What are your thoughts on fish oil versus krill oil? <clears throat> um, I personally do fish oil. I've, I've heard that krill oil has you know some components in it that fish oil doesn't has or have or has like a more concentrated form of EPA, DHA. I'm not sure that the amount of extra money that you spend on it is, right. is worth it. But um, I don't know, do either of you guys use krill oil? No. <laughs> I use marine no, algae. Yeah, I use marine algae quite I a bit. Use, I, yeah. I use I Udo's use oil as an essential fatty acid yeah. base, and then I use, the, yeah. I use the marine algae just to get the EPA, DHA on top yeah. of that. Yeah, Udo's is good. I mean, like, krill oil has a lot of astaxanthin in it. Um, right, right. But the fish oil I use, they just add astaxanthin to it, and it's like a fraction of the cost of krill oil. So. Right. <laughs> right. Now, what about growth hormone? augmentation is is there anything in particular i know the alpha gpc has been shown to be effective for that but what about just increasing gh in general dude i haven't seen anything that holds a candle to sleep like i I sleep (laughs) anything that helps you sleep better is basically a gh enhancer pretty much (laughs) like probably the number one thing i found like like cheap sleep hack that just about anybody can get their hands on especially like hard charging athletes who tend to a lot of times it, it seems like stay up late at night being anxious or wake up early in the morning or whatever. Um, passion flower tends to be really, really good for that. Just like a little bit of passion flower. Like a lot of times I wake up at like 3 or 4 a.m. with thoughts racing through my head about everything I need to do. And if I don't shut those down, like um, I lay there for like 20 minutes, I'm up at 4.30 and I'm just dead by the time noon rolls around. So. I use passion flower. I just keep a little bottle of passion flower extract next to my bed and put about 20 drops or so under my tongue, let it sit for about 30 to 60 seconds. And that just like stabilizes you, settles you down. Um, really good, like natural anti-anxiety type of thing. And, and you can go back to sleep pretty easily. So that's a, that's a nice little sleep pack. That's, that's pretty easy and cheap. Now, is that something that, you know, some people, even they do like melatonin, they, they rely on that like every day and every no, night. Passion, and passion flower you, is non-addictive. Okay. It, does, okay. it doesn't, like passion flower basically is going to increase gamma aminobutyric acid. Um, and it's not like taking GABA because technically if you're healthy and you don't have an inflamed blood brain barrier, GABA is too large of a molecule to even pass that barrier. Right. And if right. GABA makes you sleepy, something's wrong with you. <laughs> so... Uh, passion flower just increases your endogenous GABA production. So um, it's a more natural way to, to get that same effect that a GABA supplement would give you. And it doesn't have some of those dependency effects that something like melatonin might have. Well, very interesting. I think we'll wrap up there. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Anything that you're working on right now? We know you, we, we mentioned your book already, but do you have any courses coming up or any projects in the, in the development pipeline? Man, it's, it's pretty much like full steam ahead on, on my book. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's big. I'm trying to get the word out about it because uh, it's got so much helpful information in there for um, just about any athlete or uh, exercise enthusiast or even like, you know, folks who are just trying to enhance mental performance. There's a lot of stuff on biohacking and, and uh, lifestyle management, time management, brain performance in there in addition to a lot of the athletic performance stuff. So, um beyondtrainingbook.com that's that's the the big thing coming up for me right now and that'll that'll ship here in about three weeks or so so 
Yeah, and then you have your own podcast. Is that available on iTunes? Your, I see it's on your website, yeah. of course, but is it, is it yeah. on a Stitcher, iTunes, all the different uh, mediums? All of the above. You could just like do a okay. search for Ben Greenfield Podcast and Google or whatever, or whatever you know, you use Google Play or iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, and yeah, you'll find it. So. Yeah, so folks, definitely check out bengreenfieldfitness.com. He has tons of articles, videos, his podcast information is on there. All of his services he provides, products he endorses. It's a very, very informative website. You can spend a lot of time on there. And the Speedo shot for all you ladies out there. And <laughs> right. the gentlemen out there, too. I'm not Quite a few guys, I'm sure, will enjoy that's that as well. That's why I said some gentlemen. I'm not going to discriminate here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Ben. We appreciate it. Very informative. We'd love to have you back again. And All right, keep guys. up the great work, man. Big fan of your work. Well, thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, again, folks, that's Ben Greenfield. BenGreenfieldFitness.com is his website. Very interesting guy. I mean, we could have just kept on asking him about every category we could think of, and I'm sure he would have an answer, but we don't want to take up his whole day. But we'll definitely have him back. If you liked the episode with Ben, give us some feedback on it and let us know what you want us to ask him next time we have him back. You know, because that's why we got Peter Rouse back, because so many people were going, man, I, w- I want to hear more about nootropics and so forth. you got to get that guy back. And we got him back. So we'll do that. We'll listen to what you have to say. But now it's time for you guys to do something for us. And that starts with using coupon code LLA to get 10% off anything I sell, my nutrition supplements, my videos, my T-shirts, the whole shebang. And what can they get with that coupon code on your end, sir? Yep. If you hop over to newwarriortraining.com, you will get 30% off of the physical copy or the digital download, including all the bonuses. And you can get all that for 30% off from yeah. just typing in the coupon code LLA, and you're good to go. And big shout out to all you folks that have been, especially getting the digital download. So you want that instant gratification, that's the way to go. So, yeah, thanks a lot for those. Who I've had a few people email me and go, man, I forgot, I forgot the coupon code. I forgot what it is. It's like, okay, you listen to listen the to Live the Life Aggressive show, and you forgot it. Acronym, buddy, LLA. Live Life Aggressively, LLA. There you go, man. It's an easy one. We didn't make that one. We didn't make that one complex, you know? <laughs> Not like it's DTR or something random that doesn't make any sense. Now, on another important note, what a few of you have been emailing us to get on our VIP list for the ultimate course that we're putting together in Las Vegas, September 2021. This year, it's going to be me, Mike Mahler, Sincere Hogan, Ken Blackburn, and Steve Cotter. Steve Cotter hasn't taught a course in the U.S. in ages, and this is the only one I'm teaching, not only in the U.S., but period. I'm not going anywhere this year besides this course. And so if you want to work with me or Steve, this is it. And you, if you want to come out to an incredible course where Ken and Sincere are going to be involved, this is the one you want to be at. So what you want to do is email either one of us and say you want to get on the VIP list. And what that means is when we promote this course, when we have all the information up on, on our websites, we will give you first dibs to get the lowest price possible to get in. Because only five people are going to be able to get in at that lowest price point. Once five people sign up, the price is going up, period. None of this, well, I wasn't around, you know, my wife and I were out of town that weekend. I didn't get the email. Too bad. You know, that's life, man. No one said it's fair. So if you want to be one of those first five to get the lowest price possible, get on that list so that you have priority access to it. You sleep, you lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, so I mean, opportunities go. <laughs> you know, I always laugh when people think that <clears throat> somehow the rules can be bad for them. It's like, well, I wasn't around that week. It's like, okay, well. <laughs> 
you know, there might have been a sale at a store last month, but do you think they're going to just say, well, we'll see them. Oh, Mike, you weren't around? You were overseas teaching? Sure, we'll extend that for you now. <laughs> you know, that's the way so, things go, man. Sometimes you miss out. So, yeah, so to take an old phrase from the hood, get in where you fit in. All right, so that's what you need to do, man. So, you know, you guys, you got first dibs. You're hearing about this on the show. Our email lists have no idea that we're going to give this out, unless you're listening to our show, if you're part right. of our email list. Right. But yeah, as far as that, and I... Yeah, we're not putting this on the web. You know, this is not on our fan pages. This thing we're right. telling you about by getting first dibs, we're not putting this on our fan pages or on our website or putting it in our email list to give them first dibs. No, because you are listeners of our show, and we, we just want to hook you up. So we want to give you, you know, first dibs on this thing. So right. jump on it and buy experience, it. experience, folks. It's going to be two days of awesome training. It's in Las Vegas. Okay, that already tells you right there it's going to be fun. Here are all these blackjack stories I've had. <laughs> I know how to have a good time in this town. I've lived here for seven years. I'm connected. I know exactly where to go. I know exactly where to avoid. I know exactly what restaurants are good. All right, so I mean, I, I've got this town in the palm of my hand. I know exactly how to make this town as fun as possible. So it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a great weekend of training. It's going to be some fun evenings where you get to interact with us and the other students, which is honestly the stuff that you're really going to remember. You know, Those are the things that you're really going to remember from a course like this is the fun times you have. So it's not going to be one of those events where we teach and then we all just leave and then everyone's sitting around their hotel at the Comfort Inn watching TV. You know, we're going to make this a fun experience where we're looking into hotel deals so that maybe we can get everyone to stay at the same hotel, you know, near their location so that we can have some fun activities on site and people can have a chance to interact with each other. You know, we're really going to make this an experience. It's not going to just be something where you come out and, and again, do some training and then go back to your hotel room until the next day. It's going to exactly. be a fun week. Unless you choose to do so, but why would you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Why would you? If you do that, we're going to be making fun of you. I can promise you that. <laughs> it's like, you know what, guys? Uh, I'm going to go get some sleep so I'm fresh for tomorrow. It's like, yeah, well, we're going to go out all night and have a good time. And we're still going to be fresh for hey, tomorrow. How about buddy, that? You, know? you can rest on Monday. Okay, so. What do you think Modifidol's for? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, folks. So, yeah, make sure you send those emails over to us. You can send it to Mike at LLAPodcast.com or Sincere at LLAPodcast.com and get your name on that VIP list. And then when Mike's got that link ready to go, boom, you got it. And jump on it. Don't waste time. You've already made a decision for the fact that you emailed us. So that means you want to do it. You're not, part of, you're not walking the fence here. You've made up your mind. So don't, don't scare yourself out of doing it. So stop thinking and start just, just <laughs> the link. Don't think. Exactly. Click the link. There you go. There's our <laughs> folks right there. I like it, man. I like that. <laughs> don't think. Just click the link, man. <laughs> and then scroll down. You don't even have to read the ad copy. Just scroll. You know it's going to be good. Scroll down. Bam. Credit card time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so keep it coming, folks. Keep on subscribing to the show. Keep giving us your feedback. And um, what we're going to do is shut our mouths right now and talk to you guys later. Uh, so thanks for Take listening. Care. And thanks for being Greenfield for joining us. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody. Bye.